And, uh, and, and then Joe Simon will be preaching on the imminent return of Jesus Christ. He is going to talk about the prophecies and where we're at. And he's actually picked the date Jesus is coming back. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's not doing that. I, <laughs> I really put the pressure on you, right, Joe? So, uh, but, but he's going to give you a lot of hints, a lot of hints. Not the date, but lots of hints. So that's next week. All right. So if you want to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts. So for today, the book of Acts. And if you grabbed one of the pew, one of the Bibles, the green Bibles on the wind, it's page 924. Otherwise, find it yourself. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And we're going to be in Acts 17. And remember, the theme for the book of Acts is victory. Victory, no matter what we're facing in our life, no matter what our country is going through, who knows what will be happening after tomorrow. We've been talking about that for years, right? And, uh, hey, police, you know, people attacking churches and all that, that's how we got started, right? Who was here 22 years ago, right? Remember the policemen? We had police in the service for three months. And I told everybody, someday this will be the whole country, and here we are. It just took 20 years later. Uh, they're all experiencing what we got to enjoy 22 years ago here in New Hope, right? So, uh, so victory no matter what through faith in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit's power, the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what the whole book is about. The title for today is Be a Berean. Be a Berean. And I know some of you are saying, what's a Berean? Because you didn't read ahead like I told you. But anyway, uh, what, you're going to find out. What's a Berean? You're going to find out Acts 17, 10 to 15. Uh, first, so i got a picture here. Uh, you can see, oh, no, the, for, the other one, the other one. Oh, that one. All right. First, the picture. Uh, we found Laurel's snake. We found her snake. Remember, it disappeared. We had it in the aquarium, and it disappeared. And we were somewhere in the house, and Kim wouldn't come. She was panicking, right? Uh, and so we, we found her snake, and now she's very happy. Okay, now the second picture. All right, there we go. Laurel's very, very happy. We came home from church last Sunday, and... Laurel's like, my snake, it came back. It's in the aquarium. I'm like, what? It's there. It's there. She's all happy, happy. I'm like, it's impossible. Snakes can't climb back into an aquarium, right? And so we're, we come in, and there it was. And I figured Mark and Gwen caught her another snake, right? No, they said they didn't. And then everybody said, Chuck, you found it in the office. You put it. No, it wasn't me. We're like, where did this snake come from? And I'm looking at it, and there was only one possible explanation. Explanation. Look in there. You can see the the little deer skull we found in the woods. Uh, the deer skull there with the horns on it. It had crawled up into that deer skull and hidden, and we didn't know it. And we switched aquariums. We're moving it back and forth. We're moving everything around. The snake was in the skull the whole time, uh, whole time. And then sure enough, we were there, and we saw it go back in and poke its head out. You loved it. Loved that little hideout place, right? We're going to see today from Acts 17 that we must be very careful of snakes sneaking into churches. Very, very important to be on our guard, especially in the USA today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the worship. And we thank you for everyone who's here or listening or whenever they're watching, Lord. We just we thank we thank you for each person. We know that we're all focused on this passage for a very important reason. Your Holy Spirit wants to do something in our life today. We pray that, and I pray that if anyone has never put their faith in Jesus Christ, that today would be that day. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Acts 17, verse 10. I'm going to do it off of the thing here. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas out 
away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers were immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Paul and si- Paul and but I'm sorry, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. Okay, so first of all, I want you to notice the difference between the Thessalonians and the Bereans. In Thessalonia, they had some converts, right? But there was a mob mentality in Thessalonica. There was a mob mentality. We don't agree with you, so we're going to attack you. Does that sound familiar to anybody here? Uh, they, they even sent a posse to Berea, and the mob followed Paul all the way to Berea. Wow, it's hard to even imagine this happening, isn't it? And, uh, the, not, you know. Uh, look at the USA Today. We're in round two. With, tomorrow is probably going to be the, the decision, which we already know what it is. Thank God. We've been praying for it for it's, Fifty years. Been praying for years and years. Thank God they're going to finally overturn Roe and leave it in the state's hands. And two-thirds of the states are going to outlaw abortion. The other third are going to go more wicked than ever. We've been talking about that. If you missed last week's sermon, go back and listen to it. It's going to explain everything that's going on in the USA today, and it's going to connect the dots to what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, it's all there right in God's Word. Uh, if you, it's on the website. You can go on the, the, the bulletin. It has the different sites, the YouTube site and the website. You can go back and listen to that. But that one uh, is key. Uh, but 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 we're not as bad as the you know what they did in Thessalonica and Berea, right? It, we we would never send agitators on ahead to hot spots and, and arm them like they did here, right? <laughs> what have we seen for a year, a couple of years here now? It's crazy, right? But the Bereans were more of more noble character. They investigated what they didn't understand. Key, right? What they didn't understand, they investigated. And, uh, and look at the different results. Acts 17.4. Now look at the different results. Acts 17.4 and Thessalonica. Some of, the, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. So we see some Jews and lots of Greeks. But then we go all the way up to Acts 17:12, which we just read a little bit earlier, with the difference in Berea. Therefore, many of them believed, also of honorable women, which were Greeks, and not of men, not a few. Oh, okay, that's a different version. <laughs> okay, we'll do the best. We're we're jumping around versions here, but we're we're dealing with. It. But many of the Jews, when it refers to that, it's specifically saying many of the Jews believed. And and the difference here, many Greeks again, but many Jews believed in Berea. And I really want to focus on the difference, why this happened here, and that is Acts seventeen 
11. In Acts 17, 11. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness, and here it is, and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's the key. Examine the scriptures every day to see if Paul said said was true. This is a key verse in the USA Today for the church in the USA Today. Listen, if you're not a Christian yet, and I know lots of people wrestling with going on steps of faith and, and, and searching and seeking. That's awesome. I'm glad you're here. Keep on doing it. But if you're not a Christian yet, I challenge you to really study the Bible. Really study it to see if it's true. That's exactly what Jesus said to do. John 7, 17, when Jesus said, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He said, if you choose to do God's will, you're going to find out if I'm speaking that truth. And and, and, and Jesus wasn't afraid of a truth challenge. He wasn't afraid of the truth challenge. Jesus welcomes a truth challenge. Why? Because in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the truth. He didn't say, I have the truth. He is the truth. And he's the only way to the Father. If you are wondering about this Jesus guy and going through the steps on a faith journey Look at it. Study it hard. Really challenge God's word and challenge the truth of it. Many of the top apologetic speakers, apologists today in America were once atheists. Were once atheists. Did you know that? Josh McDowell, classic example. Josh McDowell was an atheist. He set out to disprove God's word. He wanted to drive a nailing it once and for all i've heard him speak many times and he said i was gonna show that it's no it's true guess what he found out it's true and he wrote a book evidence that demands a verdict classic classic book if you've never read that study that read it you got doubts read it evidence that demands a verdict and and basically lays out that you can you can say that you don't want to follow the bible you can say you don't want to you don't want to believe in jesus but but don't say it's not true because it's impossible the facts in scripture the proof in scripture doesn't leave us that option and, and, and so if you're a young Christian, maybe you're a young Christian and you have doubts, a lot of young Christians, they have doubts. Don't stuff them. Don't just keep pushing them down and ignoring them or dump them. We go to college and you dump your faith in college, which so many people do. Don't do that. Doubts are normal. Doubts are healthy. Doubts are good. Did you know that? They're good. That's what helps our faith to grow. Someone had doubts in Jesus' presence. The father of the demon-possessed boy in Mark 9, 24, when he said to Jesus, he said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And what did Jesus say? Well, forget you. He cast the demon out. He affirmed the dad's what faith he had. 
It's okay to have doubts. It's, it's normal. I pray that prayer almost every day, believe me. It, wrestle with your doubts and, and, and wrestle with the Word of God and wrestle with it. Ask the hard questions. Ask me. Ask people in the church. Ask the youth pastors. Ask people the hard questions that will deepen your faith. That's how our faith grows as we wrestle through those questions. Though, someone who's never had any doubts, their faith is very shallow. But someone who's had lots of doubts and wrestled through it, that is a person with strong faith. Just don't make the tragic mistake of saying, well, I have doubts, so since I have doubts, I'm just not going to be a Christian, or I'm just going to quit this whole thing. That's the mistake. That's what Satan wants us to do. That's what he wants us to do. Back to Acts 17.11. Back to Acts 17.11. the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. This has to be the M.O. for every Christian in the USA today. This has to be. We must test everything we hear versus God's word. Everything. Everyone who could be your favorite person out there somewhere. You know, you listen to them and you've got to test Everyone, everything, except for my sermons. You can get a pass on that. You don't have to test those. But uh, I, I pardoned you all for that one. I, I, test it, test that, right? But listen, there is so much false teaching, so much false teaching in, in, uh, in, the, in the today, in the church today, in the USA today. There's so much false teaching. There's lots of sneaky snakes out there it's unbelievable first of all there's cults all kinds of cults <laughs> take a stroll through new hope there's cults everywhere there's world religions also and what do they say what do these groups say they say we all worship the same gods we all worship the same gods listen god's not schizophrenic we do not worship the same gods you know he doesn't say this here and this there no no, no. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's one way. We don't worship the same God. And then with the apostate Christianity, and it's been expo- exposed over this last year, hasn't it? God's separating the sheep from the goats, separating the wheat from the weeds. We've been talking about that. The, the, these, these liberal, they call them liberal. I call them apostate churches. They're unrecognizable. I don't even know why they bother to call themselves Christian anymore. They don't use the Bible. They don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't preach from the Bible. And, 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 and also, many of you grew up in works-based churches, right? You grew up in a church that taught you're saved by, by works and, and jumping through religious hoops. And, and that's, there's so much false teaching in America, even in the evangelical church now. The evangelical church, where the word of faith church, these word of faith preachers, the health, wealth, and, and, and you know, they're, they're, these word of faith guys, they're mostly on TV and they all wear the rings and the, the suits and their private jets, you know, and you know who I'm talking about. And these word of faith guys who claim to be evangelicals, well, we don't, we don't accept that at all, right? But it's unbelievable. And then you have the Hill Songs and the Joel Olsteins, you know, and all the false teaching. And then, and then on top of that, even in the, even the solid evangelical churches now, you get the whole woke movement, the woke 
pastors and woke churches that are accepting the world's lies and, 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 and compromising left and right. And, and they're not woke. They're asleep. Let me tell you, you know, even the, the denomination that association that we're part of, I'm seeing pastors I've been friends with for 25 years slip sliding away. I have nothing in common with them. It, it's shocking. Not all of them, but some of them. It's shocking me. I can't even believe it. And then these Christian co- Christian colleges don't even get me started. Very few are standing firm. It's unbelievable. And these these kids are going off to these Christian colleges. And there's some solid ones. There's some that are sticking true. But most of them have gone off the rails. These kids go to these these Christian colleges and they end up a mess. A lot of these schools like this, you know, you know the, the, the Wheatons that are false, they're apostate. They're, they're unbelievable what's happening out there. And these students go to them and come and say, oh, no, they're still good. I go, if you're telling me it's still good, then that tells me you've lost it. You've lost it because I know what the professors are teaching and believing. It's, it's apostasy. And it's all over church colleges that were once very, very solid. I'm not going to name them all, but some lots of very, very solid church uh, colleges. It, it, it's just shocking what they're doing. And remember this. It's not always what they say that makes them a woke or a false teaching ministry. It's not what they say. It's what they don't say. Remember that. That makes them functional false teachers. They might even believe the same things that that the Bible teaches, but they don't say them because they don't want to offend anybody. They don't want to lose friends. They don't want to lose influence. They don't want to lose students. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to lose, you know, their, what their TV ministries. They don't want to lose it. So it's what they don't say. They're functional false teachers. And that's what we're seeing in America today. But we must be Bereans. We must be Bereans. We must know God's word. We have to read the word. We have to study God's word. We have to memorize God's word. Very, very important. But I want to say this in a line with this too. A word of caution. What a Berean is not. A Berean is not a hypercritical paranoid paranoid Bible thumper. That's not what a Brian is. It's not a proud, challenging, you know, nitpicking. You remember, you remember nitpicking? Some of you might be old enough to remember that. Nitpicking, the, the non-essentials. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not what a Brian is. Brian's focus on false teaching, not the non-essentials. Like, like a lot of, I run into Christians a lot of times. They're they're so wound up over the rapture and the position of the rapture. Is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or or pre-millennial or post-millennial? Gene and I were just talking about that. Pre-millennial, post-millennial. Listen, guess what? Where is the word rapture in the Bible? Where is the word pre-millennial, post-millennial in the Bible? Nowhere. Should we divide over that? Should we attack another Christian over that? No, I know the right answer for all those positions. You know, if you come long enough, you get the right answer. But, but you get my point. I, we can, it's okay to have a position and we should have a position, but we shouldn't attack 
someone for something that's a non-essential. This is what I say. Do you believe Jesus is coming back again and we better be ready? Yeah, okay, we're on the same team, all right? We can disagree about some of that other stuff, you know? We'll let Jesus figure it out, right? So, but, but I have my opinion, but we, we, we can't divide over that. But what, what a Brian is, is a student of the word and it's sensitive to actual false teaching, Actual false teaching. The ministries I just called out, the colleges I just called out, they have actual false teaching. And if you want to sit down with me, I'll lay it out for you. It's, it's right there in black and white. It's unbelievable. The, the actual false teaching so that we can test all we hear in the churches. So we can test all that we hear on a podcast or on the TV or, or whatever ministry that we're following. So, And there's a lot of good ones out there. A lot of good ones. So that we can test, and this is even more important, so that we can test everything we hear from the world. So we can test what we hear from the world. This is essential. It's vital to be a Berean or we're going to get swallowed by the snake. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We renewed our minds through God's word. Everything has to go through God's word. We take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ Jesus. Everything has to go through God's word. If we don't do that, we will be conformed. The word there in the Greek for conform means to be squeezed into a mold. You take Play-Doh or clay and you squeeze it. You put it in one of these little mold things and you squeeze it. That's the picture. The world wants to squeeze us just like a snake, squeezing us. And it's so important we don't let the world do that to us. We are constantly bombarded, right? By the media, by by the culture, in our schools, in our colleges. It, it, constant bombardment with lie after lie after lie. And there's only two protections. Protection number one is this. Faith in Jesus Christ. That is protection number one. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you give your life to Jesus Christ, who comes inside? The Holy Spirit. We've been doing this through Acts, right? The Holy Spirit comes in and opens our eyes, energizes us spiritually, opens our eyes. Now we can see things in God's Word that were nothing to us before. They just are a fire to us now we can see things in all around us that we just kind of went along with the flow and now we're like whoa i'm not going along with that anymore we see it now because the holy spirit is now in us but we have to put our faith in jesus christ and how do we do that john three sixteen: for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We have to believe, put our faith in Jesus Christ. The word there for believe does not mean intellectual. It means the heart, trust, dependence, clinging to. That's what it means. And at some point in our life, we must be, Jesus said, you must be born again. We must put our faith in Jesus and be reborn. The Holy Spirit comes in, and, and therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We are transformed by the Holy Spirit and, and our faith in Jesus Christ. And every one of us has to have that time that we know we've put our faith in Jesus. Have you taken that step? We're going to have a prayer time in just a minute. Everybody's going to get another chance every week, right? Uh, it, but if we don't, if you don't, 
don't do that, you, the, the God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Unbelievers have, cannot see. They're blind. If you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are a sitting duck. A sitting duck. That's what you are. And you are, you are in danger of being swallowed by a snake or, or even more. Uh, uh, I'll give you, it's a sitting duck. Uh, on the farm, we used to have, have ponds, several ponds on our farm. Going back to the farm this week, I'll bring our stories back for you. And I'm, a, I'm sure I'll have a couple. And we're taking almost everybody. And so we, we the ducks would be on the farm, farm, and they would lay their eggs, and they'd hatch these babies, and they were so cute, the little baby ducks, you know, the little mallards, you know. And 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 they would the mothers, and some of them were our, we would raise some ducks. They would have their babies, and they'd go out in the pond, and they'd be swimming out there. It was so cute. Here's the mother duck and the babies right behind them, and they're all so cute. And we'd be watching them, and hi, little ducks. And all of a sudden, one would disappear. Snapping turtles. Gone. And by the end of summer, there are only a couple little ducks left. Sitting ducks. That's what we are. If we have never put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are sitting ducks have you put your faith in jesus that is your only protection protection number two if you have put your faith in jesus protection number two is we must know god's word we must know it second timothy two fifteen. study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth anybody know the song Anybody know it? We learned it at camp uh, a long time ago. Uh, I was eight years old. I remember learning it. <clears throat> I'm going to give it a try. <clears throat> Don't recruit me. I know they always want me on the worship team after this. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sharon always asks me. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Nobody knows it. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Nobody ever heard that? That's why you put your verses to memory in song. Pick any song you want. Put it there. You'll never forget it. I never forgot it. But that is so key. Study to show thyself approved unto God. I thought everybody knew that song. That's our only protection. It wasn't that bad, Brenda. But I just go, I tease, I tease you. She has to leave early. I do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I know you, I know you had to go. I know. <laughs> so Ephesians, that's our only protection. Ephesians 6, 17. Ephesians 6, 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. And I just happened to bring the sword. Now, somebody said, what is that little thingy thing? Because last week I brought the big sword, right? Had the big sword, Elijah's three swords, three anointings, the three swords. You're going to say, what is it? This is the sword he's talking about. Did you know that? 
The, the sword that the Holy Spirit was speaking through Paul was this sword. Remember the Rome, Ephesians 6, the armor of God, all the different pieces of armor. And there is one piece that you can actually fight with. And that is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But this is it. It's actually the word in the Greek is a dagger. A dagger. And what, what the Romans had all this armor on, but they had one last piece. They had a dagger stuck in their belt. They would use their swords. They'd use their spears and javelins. They would do all slingshots, all that. But when they're all used up, when it got to hand-to-hand combat, And it often did. There was one last weapon. And they would grip their enemy and drive it up under their armor. That was what they were taught to do. And Paul knew something about Roman armor, didn't he? He spent a lot of his life chained to a Roman soldier. He saw the weapons. He saw the dagger. And that's what he used to to describe the hand-to-hand. We have to know the Word of God. We have to be able to trust in the Word of God. We have to believe it and use it. Remember when Jesus was, was tempted in the desert? What did he do three times? He quoted the Word of God. There's power in the Word of God. I, there, was a, there was a book called... Uh, his voice shakes the wilderness. Sophie Mueller, I never forgot it. She was a missionary, I believe it was in Brazil. She was telling the story about one of the young men in her, the village that she was ministering to. And the, the boy was out hunting. She told the story, he was out hunting. He was out hunting wild turkeys, uh, or chickens, chickens or turkeys. And he had his little bow and arrow. He climbed up out of his canoe onto a log at the river there he got up he saw the wild bird whatever it was he was ready to shoot it and he felt something grip his ankle it was an anaconda the hunter had become the hunted the anaconda began to wrap itself around him very quickly and 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 squeeze him and it was starting to crush him and he was fighting, fighting, trying to get away. He could not get away. This, the anaconda was huge. He had this kid wrapped up, was going to crush him and swallow him. And he looked down in the canoe. There was a machete. He said, if I could just get the machete. He's reaching for it, reaching for it as a snake is squeezing the breath out of him and the life out of him. And just before he passes out, she said, he grips the machete, starts hammering at his ankle where the snake's head was latched to his ankle. Just kept hammering at it. Finally killed it, cut its head off. The snake dropped into the canoe and it was so heavy it almost overturned the canoe. It was a huge anaconda. He survived because he knew where the knife was and he knew how to use it. Do we know God's word? Do we trust God's word? Do we use it? Do we quote it out loud like Jesus did? The promises the power. Do we do that? Let's pray.
How is God speaking to us? Maybe you've been a Christian a long time, but the Holy Spirit's convicting you about taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and using it. Maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you to memorize, to read and study and memorize verses that he brings that to your attention. Maybe you already know the word, but you haven't been depending on the word. You've been wrapped up by, by Satan and the world in some way or by temptation. And you need to grab a hold of the word again and start hacking away. Fighting. Maybe you don't trust God's word. You haven't been putting your faith in God and his word with whatever you're going through. Maybe it's even what you're going through in this world. They got another disease coming now, the monkeypox. There's always going to be something to be terrified about. Will we trust God and his word? And while we're praying about that, maybe you hear saying you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You're just a sitting duck. You have no protection in this world. You have no protection in the life to come. Eternity. You have no promise of heaven. Just the dread of hell. That can change right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. You don't need a ritual, a religious person. It's between you and God. Salvation is a prayer away. A brand new life in Jesus Christ is a prayer away. Right where you are, wherever you are, you can pray the simple but powerful prayer of faith. Jesus, I don't want my old life anymore. I don't want the garbage and the shame anymore. I repent of my sin. I repent of everything in my life that goes against your word, your purpose for me. I believe you paid for my sin on that cross. And you gave me the chance of a new life by your resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in your death and resurrection. I surrender my life to you.
if you have prayed that prayer of faith, your life will never be the same. Never be the same. I want to encourage you to tell somebody today. Maybe you're here with a family member or friend. Maybe you know a Christian friend at work or school or somewhere. Tell me on the way out. Tell somebody today. Fill out the card. Put it in the box. Tell somebody today. Call me. Text me. Tell someone because we're going to be so excited for you and encourage you in your new life in Christ. Father, I pray that we would all be Bereans. Every one of us. And we would be ready for the battles that we're going to face. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.